What is good, everybody? Welcome back to the All Things Basketball podcast. It's been quite some time since the last episode, at least the audio-only episode. So I guess none of the, the video files were transferring as audio files to Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. So the videos, I'm going to be linking them to this episode um, so that you guys can, I don't know if some of you are following the YouTube channel or not, uh, but I have been dropping pods on the YouTube channel. So I will be dropping links to those. Um, obviously, I had a reaction to game six uh, with the Heat Celtics. Um, I went to that game and I reacted to it on a video, which will be in the link on the show notes. Uh, I also did a series preview video for Nuggets Heat. On the YouTube channel, I also dropped the Jamal Murray Game 1 mixtape, right? Just a couple of highlights for him. Um, And I also did a a breakdown of Game 1 against the Nuggets versus the Heat. So a lot's been getting dropped on the YouTube channel. And as far as those video reaction pods, I thought that those were going to be distributed automatically to the audio-only pod platforms. But I guess I'm going to have to start manually uploading those audio files um, I don't know if um, I don't know if you guys will enjoy listening to the audio version of those video pods because I'll be showing things too. Um, so I'm not sure. I'm kind of in the middle of not sure how exactly to go about it because if I do the video pods, I'm going to be showing things I'm talking about, and that would force me to do a, another pod for for the audio only platform. To, for it to make sense for the listeners. So I'm not sure exactly. Um, I'm going to try to just start uploading the audio only from the videos and then I'll go from there, I guess. What I'm doing here is just an announcement, right? Like pretty much, um, I guess, just acknowledging the the lack of, of posts on the platforms for the podcast. So um, it's it's been a, a bunch of games. It was game six, Celtics Heat. And then the Heat forced the Game 7. The Heat win that series, obviously, in Boston. A lot's happened since the last episode that was on this pod. So um, I guess what I'll do on this episode is I'm just going to give my own thoughts on Game 1 from Nuggets Heat. Okay, so pretty much, you know, Game 1 was a feel-out game, right? You're going to hear that all the time. And it's it's honestly, it was going to go two ways. This game was going to go two ways. If the Nuggets lost, it was going to be, oh, the Nuggets were resting. They had nine days of rest, whatever amount of days it was. And the Heat are already warmed up and ready to go from the last game, right? Obviously, the Nuggets won. And the story was, oh, well, you know, the Heat are beat up and the the Nuggets were well rested, right? Like, no matter what happened in game one, we were going to hear an excuse in one way or another, right? Now, on the other hand... We also get overreactions, right? The typical overreactions after an NBA Finals game one, right? Where it's like on the Nuggets side of things, it's people saying, oh, this series is a wrap. The Nuggets are going to sweep the Heat. Maybe in five games, they'll beat the Heat. And, you know, just kind of just that overconfidence starting to creep up after just one game. Um, Obviously, from the Heat fans perspective, they're thinking, hey, we shot really bad from three. We, We missed basically almost all of our open looks. And we didn't get any fouls because we weren't even driving to the rim, right? Like they're not even getting, uh, they're not even putting pressure on the rim. So from the Heat's perspective, it's, hey, the way we lost, we still came back in this game 
And if we shoot better, this game looks uh, way different, right? Now, to that point, I will say the Nuggets should also be happy with the way they won this game because there's plenty that can be fixed. And I went over that on my video, uh, breaking down some of the issues and some of the successes that both teams had in game one. And basically, the Nuggets are going to have to tighten up that defense. You know, they allowed way too many open threes from the Heat. And that's something that is going to kill them if the Heat are knocking down their shots. So a lot of those plays were Michael Porter Jr. kind of getting caught off guard, right? Just sleeping on certain backdoor cuts, on certain actions where he's getting screened from behind. And he's not paying attention, right? And, and if he's having a cold night, we need him locked in defensively if I'm Michael Malone, right? So he still contributed, right? Because this is the thing with the Nuggets. They are clearly the bigger team, the deeper team. They're, they just have the more talent, right? And it's the same story almost every series against the Miami Heat, right? The more talented team is playing against the Heat, the Heat are the underdog, and people are, are not going to count the Heat out, right? If, if you're a Heat fan, you have strong belief that Eric Spolster is going to make adjustments. Now, it was, it was interesting to see, obviously, the height advantage be such a factor because when you watch the Celtics and the Heat, the Celtics also had a height advantage, right? They definitely did. And they weren't using that height advantage. They were just chucking threes. And that's not something that the Denver Nuggets do. They will they will shoot threes, right? But they're going to get good looks because Jokic is drawing double teams, okay? Pick and roll with Jokic and Jamal Murray demands a ton of attention. It demands a lot of help defense. And guys are going to get open. So the looks that the Denver Nuggets are going to get are always going to be really good looks, right? It would take very great defensive effort from the Heat and excellent execution on defense to be able to contest on every possession, right? Because the Nuggets, they move the ball so well. Even, even if Jokic is off the ball, the team just shares the ball. It's beautiful basketball. It reminds me of the San Antonio Spurs. And obviously, you get a tandem of that Tony Parker, Tim Duncan-ish two-man game, right? Where it's Jokic and Jamal Murray, right? Now, it's interesting because... There's a number four overall pick on their team. I think I think he was number four. That's Aaron Gordon, right? He was the guy in Orlando, right? And he's the fourth option for the Nuggets, right? He's backdoor cutting. He's knocking down shots if he's open. He's catching the ball inside for post-up possessions. And he's just this, like, if your fourth option is able to score this easily, that's a problem for the opposing team. Because the fourth option is supposed to be like plan D, right? Like, like that's just a guy that's like, they cut everything else off. And then this is, this is the last of, of, of your, of your game plan, right? Like he's, he at the, like, he's going to be the last option on offense, right? In terms of, of what you want to get. And here he is you know, dominating in the first quarter, just posting up every guard on the heat, getting easy looks, and just making it look easy, really. He, he really, the Heat had no answer for him, right? And then, obviously, you have the height advantage with Jokic, right? Your number one option. And he can post up if he wants to. That's going to demand help. He can shoot threes, so you can't sag off of him either. He's going to shoot from the mid-range, so you also can't really leave gaps in his own defense against Jokic. There always has to be someone pressuring the ball on Jokic, 
because Jokic is going to figure things out. And then you you put you put into account the fact that Michael Porter Jr. is six foot ten. He can knock down threes. He can cut to the basket, and he's going to have height advantages. He has lob opportunities, same as Aaron Gordon. You have KCP, right? If, if you're defending. You have to keep your eyes on KCP. This is a guy that wherever he's standing, you need to have a defender glued on him because he will shoot the shot. He is he is super confident. He's a great three-point shooter. And he's also really good at dribble pull-ups in the mid-range, right? Like he, he definitely has that in his bag. We've seen it many times. A couple of dribbles and then a pull-up by the, by the free throw area, right? So KCP, obviously another offensive weapon. I mean, this is a team that one through five, have options right and one through five the defense has to keep paying attention to that's what makes the Nuggets so difficult okay now I don't know where I don't know where um we didn't see Kevin Love right we saw a lot of Cody Zeller and Cody Zeller I think he will have his best minutes when Jokic is off the floor right because the Nuggets get really small when Jokic isn't playing because Jeff Green takes a lot of that responsibility um, and the team just looks a lot smaller, right? The team is still lanky. Don't get me wrong, right? And then it becomes a five-man out offense, right? Where it looks kind of similar to the Celtics five-man out where guys are passing, cutting, driving and kicking and there's a little bit of space. There's still space on the floor, right? For things to happen. They just don't have that dominant offensive presence and the consistent post-up option. Right. So like the heat can kind of zone better or play man and switch everything and they'll feel a lot better. Right. Because Jokic is such a mismatch for those heat for the heat. So it's it's really interesting that Cody Zeller is getting a lot of hate from heat fans. But at the same time, it's like, guys, he's out there for rebounding and to alter shots. Right. Like and he is not a great big. Right. Like like the rotation for the bigs for the heat. You have Kevin Love. You have Omer Yurt 7, Bam Adebayo, and Cody Zeller, right? It's not a rim-protecting lineup of bigs, right? Like, Bam Adebayo is your best rim protector, and he's 6'9", you know? So so that's that's why Cody Zeller's out there, because there's not a lot of options in terms of guys that can protect the rim, right? And the only reason Cody Zeller can somewhat protect the rim is because of his height, right? Like, if, like you know what I'm saying? Like, he doesn't, he's not quick, he can't really score, um, he's a decent passer. He's a decent screener. Um, but the problem is it, for, for his screen to be good, it has to be like a perfect screen because otherwise he's so slow footed that guys are just running around him. Right. And once he's way out there defensively as well, like if he's playing defense and he has to guard Jokic out on the three point line, Jokic has many options here, right? He can just lob it to someone that's backdoor cutting because Cody Zeller's the rim protector on those rotations. And if Cody Zeller's out on the three-point line, that's their biggest guy out there if Bam's resting. And there goes lobs, right? Like, just easy basket chances. Also, Jokic can just put the ball down and blow by Cody Zeller. He's quicker than Cody Zeller. He's also stronger than Cody Zeller. So he can post him up very easily. Cody Zeller is in no man's land when Jokic is out there. Um, I think that his only option is to be out there while Jokic is resting. I want to move on to another point about Kevin Love, right? He didn't play. I expect him to play today simply because when you're when you're playing in a finals, right, or any playoff series, you kind of have to make changes, obviously. We hear that word all the time, adjustments, adjustments, adjustments. 
Yes, you have to make adjustments. And one of the adjustments, in my opinion, is, hey, throw Kevin Love out there, right? Make taller players have to come out on taller shooters, right? Like, like you have Kevin Love, right? He can space the floor. We know this, right? So if Jokic is out there, right? Uh, obviously, the Nuggets have Michael Porter Jr. They can put on Kevin Love. They can put Aaron Gordon on Kevin Love. But that means that it'll be Bam with the Jokic matchup, right? So they'll have to pick and choose, right? You'll, you'll put the Nuggets in a situation where do you put Jokic on Love or do you put Aaron Gordon on Love? Right. Or, or even, you know, one of those guys, because Michael Porter Jr. is I don't think he's going to be able to hold his own against Bam. Yes, he's 6'10", but Bam is much stronger, you know, so so Bam could put him in foul trouble. So I don't know. I think that the Kevin Love piece can really throw a monkey wrench into this whole into this whole strategy. You know, it's just a different look. Right. We don't know what it's going to look like. We know he's going to get cooked defensively. Right. But we also know that Kevin Love's a pretty good rebounder when he's around the rim. Right. He still is. I think he still is. And so he's going to shoot for you. Right. He's going to pull out some taller players. Right. So maybe you get more rim attacks. Um, and he's also going to help rebound. He can also post up. Right. I'm not saying he's the same post up player he used to be, but he can score in the post. Right. Like if he does find a matchup where a guy is about his size or, or smaller, Kevin Love can throw some hooks up, right? Like, he can definitely get some baskets down low. So, you know, he's definitely viable. I think so. I think I think it's worth trying. Um, I also think you throw Cody Zeller out there when Jokic is resting, right? Like, you kind of match that rotation. Don't put Cody Zeller out there to match Jokic's minutes. Like, match when Jokic is resting so that maybe you can try your way, um, Obviously, rebound-wise, you know, you're going to get more boards because the Nuggets are much smaller. So the only problem is, obviously, if Cody Zeller's out there and Jokic is resting, you should fully expect the Nuggets to run up and down, right? Like, play as fast as possible so that they can get as many four-on-five uh, four possessions that they can, right, for, for some advantages against Cody Zeller. So this is a tough series for Cody Zeller, right? This is also a tough series for the Miami Heat. You know, if if you're the Heat, you're thinking we got to make our threes and we have to try to get to the free throw line. We have to get aggressive, put some pressure on the rim, right? Everything else was pretty good for Miami, right? They just they just missed shots and they weren't even attacking the rim. Jimmy Butler needs to be aggressive. I don't want to end this episode without mentioning that Jimmy Butler wasn't even match hunting in game one like he wasn't he had a couple of possessions where he's posted up on Jamal but he kicks it back out right like he draws some attention he kicks it back out and he he mentioned that on his presser on media day after game one which was yesterday that he's going to continue to play his way and he's not going to force anything he's going to continue to try to involve his teammates and yes that is correct but if you have a mismatch you need to force that you need to force that because even if you miss, you're letting the defense know that you are going to be assertive, right? Like you're going to put these shots up. If you're constantly driving and kicking and driving and kicking and driving and kicking, you're not pressuring the rim. You're not putting people in foul trouble and you're leaving the game up to chance with three-point shooting, right? And yes, the Heat have proven that they can knock down threes at an alarming rate, but you know, I need to see... Jimmy Butler take advantage of his mismatches 
right? I need to see the Heat punish drop coverage more, right? Like, obviously, when when Bam is doing dribble handoffs with, like, a Duncan Robinson or Gabe Vincent or Caleb Martin or even Kyle Lowry, um, the, the Nuggets are, are not in drop, right? Like, like, Jokic will come up. He'll come up hard. So, Bam has to more assertively roll. Like, there was a lot of plays where Bam will do a dribble handoff with a shooter, and he's kind of just standing there. Instead of just immediately rolling, like that is what puts Jokic in a tough position because Bam is faster than Jokic, right? Um, he's also more athletic. So as soon as he does that dribble handoff and Jokic is helping, right? Because Bam sets a great screen every time, right? That forces Jokic to come up, right? To help his teammate recover. During that time where Jokic comes up, that's when Bam just has to sprint down. Even if uh, Bam gets cut off by someone else, that means there's an open shooter somewhere, okay? Someone is open when when Jokic can't sprint down with Bam because Jokic is trying to catch up to Bam, which means a teammate has to help now Jokic recover, right? It's kind of difficult to explain on an audio pod, right? Like, if, if, you, if you go on the YouTube channel, you'll see what I'm talking about with the dribble handoffs. And it's like, it's like they, they I can see how the Miami Heat can really make things tough on the Nuggets. And the Nuggets are going to have to be better defensively, right? Game two is obviously tonight. I think the Nuggets are going to win. I think we're going to see a big game from Jimmy. I think we're going to see, obviously, a better shooting night from the Heat. And I think we'll see a better shooting night from the Nuggets. I think we're going to see a 2-0 lead for Denver. I think it's going to go... I think it's they're going to split games on the road, right? I think if Miami loses tonight and they go down 2-0, I don't see the Miami Heat winning two games in a row against the Nuggets, even if it's at home. I think the Nuggets are too good. I think the Nuggets will split on the road, and it could end in Denver, right? Like, it could really go that way, you know? On the other side, there's also the side of me that's scared about the Heat, right? Like, these are guys that are resilient. They never quit. They never stop. And they get hot, in times that they need to get hot. We saw it in game seven. We saw it in, I think it was game three uh, with the Heat against the Celtics. So, you know, the Heat are that team that shows up when it matters. And you don't want to run into that team if you're Denver, right? Like you want to keep your foot on the gas, win your home games and split on the road, right? Like that is the ultimate goal for the Nuggets. You have to win game two. Game two will shift the pressure immensely because the Nuggets haven't been great on the road. All regular season, they haven't been good. I think they're below 500 on the road. In the playoffs, they kind of struggled on the road, except for that Lakers series. Um, so, you know, the Heat the Heat role players are better at home. Role players typically tend to play better at home. So, you know, you don't want to go into Miami with the series tied, right? That's just, it's a lot of pressure and things can quickly shift. Uh, if you're the Nuggets, right? Because now your backs are kind of against the wall because home court advantage yet again gets taken away from a higher seeded team against the Miami Heat. So this is a very important game. Every game from here on out is going to be important, obviously. Um, you know, because if the Nuggets go up 2-0, the, ne- the third game in Miami is a huge game for, for the Denver Nuggets because it's it's really... No one's ever come back, right? From from 3-0, right? So, I don't know. You know, I don't know. It's, um, 
it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. This game tonight, I expect this game to be a firefight. It's going to be a really good game tonight. Uh, but yeah, that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, it was a quick one because I've been dropping videos all weekend long. And like I said, guys, uh, check out the videos on the link in the description and you'll be able to kind of catch up right on the things that I've been breaking down. I, think I put like four, four videos out uh, over the last like week. So yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of videos out there right now. I'm going to be dropping videos after every game as well. And I'll just transfer the audio to this pod and you know if you guys want to watch it then you you watch it obviously you hit the link and you and you check out the video format um but yeah that's gonna do it for this one this is the all things basketball podcast i'm your host Vic lopez as always and i'll catch you guys on the next one